Hello, everyone. Trish Regan here. This is Trish Regan Show. We have so many challenges ahead. I mean, I told you it was going to be bad. You know that. I've been kind of really pessimistic and negative for some time now, but I don't think I could have quite told you it would be as bad as I now think it's going to be. I mean, you consider right now how earnings are coming in far lower than expected. You've got numerous companies out with warnings one after another. You have key investors from Jamie Dimon recently saying that he thought this thing could actually be worse. I mean, something worse than a recession was his direct quote. Stan Miller, who's saying some pretty pretty aggressive stuff. We're going to get to that in just a second. He's a big deal investor. Should leave us all really worried. You know, you've had a horrible, horrible team in place from Janet Yellen to Joe Biden to Kamala Harris. And we're paying the price and we're going to continue to pay the price. Portions of today's program are brought to you by Legacy Precious Metals. There is always a good time, in my estimation, to be investing in things like precious metals as a way to diversify your portfolio. But more importantly, just as we think about the inflation that's getting embedded into the economy, I've got a guest coming up, a a wonderful, very good friend who is extremely bright, an investor, longtime investor, but also a mathematician, physicist, scientist. I mean, you name it, this guy has it all covered. Neil Grossman is going to be on the show in just a little bit. And he thinks that we are headed for long-term inflation that could be in the 5% range. That's scary stuff, right? We're not going back to 2%. So again, another reason to think about how you are allocating your money right now. I want, because this is so important, to have an important discussion with all of you. And so I'm going to be holding a live town hall event on the state of our economy. I'm going to give you the details here. Wednesday, October 12th at 2 p.m., I want you to be part of it. I'm going to have some special guests on the show. I want to hear from all of you as well. So you can submit questions. You can join the conversation live. It's an exclusive event. You have to sign up for it. It's free, but you're going to have to sign up. And to do so, I want you to go to trishregan.locals.com. That's where you will get the invite. Again, trishregan.locals.com. Sign up. It's all free, but I want you to be there. And we have to talk about these things because it's critical right now. We're in a very difficult time. Anyway, I want to get to what Stan was saying there uh, with my friend Joe Kernan at CNBC at a conference that they had recently. Take a listen to this because this is a guy who's seen it all, a brilliant investor. Here's what he thinks. I will be stunned if we don't have a recession in 23. Don't know the timing, but certainly by the end of 23, I will not be surprised if it's not larger than the so-called average garden variety. And I don't rule out, not my forecast, but I don't rule out something really bad. Why? Because if you look at the liquidity situation that has driven this, um, we're going to go from all this QE to QT. We're following an asset bubble. Um, we've been doing all this uh, running down on the SBR, which is now, that's a strategic. Petroleum Reserve. He's talking about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and he's pointing out the QT, which is the quantitative tightening. In other words, the Fed is sucking all this money out of the system. And he goes on to explain how many mistakes Janet Yellen made in all of this. But you've been spending so much money for so long, and now you're doing the reverse. How do you not have a recession? But 
I think my friend Neil, and we'll, we'll talk to him a little bit, I, I, in a little bit, I think he would argue this has been a long time coming, a long time coming, because even before 2020, you had an extraordinarily aggressive Fed, and it makes it so that we're facing a more catastrophic type of environment. It's the reason why I encourage you to be smart about your investing. It's the reason why I encourage you to be smart about who we're choosing for our leaders there in Washington, D.C. And I encourage you, especially if you're nearing retirement, to subscribe to this wonderful organization, which is working on behalf of you and me and every American in this country to help preserve our freedoms and our prosperity in the future. It's AMAC, the Association for Mature American Citizens. You can go to amac.us slash Regan. If you're watching this as opposed to listening, which I also hope you are listening on Apple iTunes or on Spotify, sign up for both if you would. It's really important if you subscribe. But if you're watching this on YouTube or on Rumble, amac.us slash Regan. It's on the screen. I'm also going to include it in the show notes. It's just $16 a year and you get access to all kinds of opportunities. And importantly, all that money your $16, it's joining forces with roughly 2.4 million other Americans who care passionately about our future as well. And so AMAC is working to make sure we have leaders that are following responsible economic policy, something you know I so much believe in and I'm so committed to because I want to make sure that we have a country that's economically secure as well as physically secure in the future. So go to AMAC. Also, make sure you go to Locals because we're going to do this live event. I don't think inflation can be tamed and think it's going to result in scary times ahead. I wanted to introduce you all. Some of you may already know him if you've listened to my podcast in the past. I wanted to introduce you to a dear friend, Neil Grossman, whom I've known for many, many years and is, as I like to say, a real Renaissance man, probably the only person I know that has this combination of well, mathematician, trained mathematician, trained physicist, former corporate lawyer, former hedge fund founder. Oh, and by the way, let me add in a uh, current vineyard owner. <laughs> Neil has basically done it all and, and is truly one of the smartest people I know. So I wanted to have him share a little bit of his expertise with you when it comes to these markets. Neil, always good to see you. Thanks, Trish. I wanted to get your feel for where we are right now, where this market is right now, and where we're heading. What do you think? Well, let's go. We've talked about this. I think there's a short, probably medium and long term. Short term, I'm still quite negative. The extraordinary appreciation of the dollar combined with um, weaknesses in many of the economies around the world are telling you that the major American multinationals have some real significant risk still left on, to, on, their, on their earnings, which can put significant downward pressure. So what does that mean for like this month? I mean, we're going into October here, early October. What does it mean? Well, I think in the next month, because earnings are just about to start. I think it's very important to understand, before we get to some of the technical issues, I don't think the mindset of investors has changed enough with the change in what the basic structure of policy is. And I think part of the problem is that there's going to be an awful lot of pain that's going to force people out over the sh- in the short run when they begin to realize that earnings projections are way too high combined with higher yields, no matter what. Like, so it's going to be an ugly month, ugly October? That's my guess. And so, I mean, where where we go, I've, I, I'm, I've been looking probably to test 3,000 to 3,250. It depends on, on how the it plays out. Mm-hmm. 
if you think about it, if earnings come down from where they are by about 15%, which would put them, I think, about $200 a share, I think current earnings projections are 15 times, that gets you to 3,000 type of target. Our, our, our equity markets are still tremendously concentrated, right? Mm-hmm. The big companies represent so much of the, of the market cap, and they're the ones who have been much more resistant the significant price deterioration you've seen elsewhere. So if they're forced to um, normalize lower, that, that presents a significant amount of risk. Think about what's what's happened over the last, you know, however many years. Fed has just always been there, ready, willing, and able to help in any way that they think they can. And, and it got so excessive. They told us for so long, and I want to play some sound for you of Janet Yellen to her credit. She admitted she was wrong, but they sat there with a straight face and they told us that inflation was transitory. You and I knew better. But here's Janet Yellen admitting she was wrong. Listen. Well, um, look, I, I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices. Administration didn't love that, but you know, at least I credit her with being willing to, to be honest on that yeah, because she hasn't yeah. always been. Right, but she missed them up. What's at least fifty percent, if not more, of the problem? But yes, we look. I'm not going to say COVID didn't have a pro- an impact on inflation. It did, and I'm not going to say Russia didn't have an, an effect. Although Russia did not actually occur until inflation was seven point nine percent. By the way, we're still above seven nine, but only a smidge. But glaringly absent was the concept that the Central Bank of the United States poured liquidity in unprecedented amounts, followed by a fiscal stimulus package after package that actually added more liquidity to the system probably than the Federal Reserve. And the Mm -hmm. the combination was toxic and inflammatory. And so there was an enormously contributory contribution coming from the government itself. From the government. You know, interestingly enough, speaking of economists, uh, that tend to have political views. You've got Larry Somers out there now. I'm going to play for you uh, some sound he's at at Aspen just a few days ago at the festival there, basically saying, what the heck happened? We had it going well. And then this. Here he is. We basically had inflation under control for 40 years, despite the fact that the price of oil fluctuated, despite the fact that there were all kinds of supply shocks. We lost the thread, along with many other countries, about a year and a half ago with massively expansionary policies. Okay, so there you go. It's what you're saying, right? They just spent oh, too yeah, much money. They lost, there's no, they lost the thread, in my view, a lot longer ago than 18 months. Okay, all right. This is interesting. Explain, explain. We discussed. Look, the central bank of the United States is not a central bank, or it wasn't, and it's coming back to that, to, to maybe to home, but it became a central asset manager, right? The, the basic premise became make, making sure asset markets were supported and bailed out more than anything else. This Fed, and well, even Mrs. Yellen, Dr. <clears throat> Yellen, if you went through a normal risk return analysis, if you cut off half of the probability distribution that's wrong, you're always going to be right, you think. Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't want to consider the consequences. And when you when you overlay reality and the possible probability distribution and have to acknowledge that there's a risk, you take policy action earlier to address those potential risk, risks. Mm-hmm. You, know, again, you know what I call I call it ostrich economics. They stuck their head in the, in the ground. 
prayed it would go away. And all it did was get worse. And they kept, you know, they, they came up with acronym or, or, or adage after hour. Transitory was just a bad idea. I know, but it was, it was a big word though. It, you know, it, it sounded good. Word. You know, right. you've told me, and I want to share this with the viewers. You've told me, Trish, I don't think they're going to be able to get back down to 2% over a steady period of time. Janet Yellen has sort of admitted as much in recent interviews. You think it's going to be more like what, three, 5% for the next decade or well, so? Tell me. Well, that's my general look. Again, some of it's going to depend on what they do. Look, quantitative easing is is buying assets from the market. Quantitative mm-hmm. tightening should be selling assets to the market, which is what they should be doing. That's not what these guys are doing. What they're actually doing is quantitative erosion, right? Mm-hmm. As as the assets they hold mature, they are not replacing them or not replacing all of them. So the balance sheet slowly over time will decrease in size, assuming they don't reverse. By the way, as the Bank of England did this, they were supposed to start actually selling in about four weeks because of the turmoil they started buying or offered to buy unlimited amounts again. But going back to the the point, as part of their monetary policy, this Fed would have been well advised to have started selling bonds probably three to six months ago. And I think it would have taken some of the pressure off the need to raise rates. Now, Part of the reason they haven't is they are terrified of the consequences on, of, on asset markets. If they have to actually force the market to buy more stuff that, than it already is, it's part of the problem. They've the screwed bottom, us up. Yes, they have, done a, they have done a masterful job of that, to be very honest with you. So we've talked for a long time. I've had a 1776 um, price target on the S&P now. We've talked about this probably for about 12 to 18 months. I still have that in my head as probably the target in the next, let's say, 12 to 14 months using the way I look at technical charts. And that's based on the fact that I believe we're going to revisit the 2020 lows, and I suspect we're going to overshoot that. But more interestingly, the way I look at charts, and I think it's different than most, um, you know, again, this is the mathematical side of me, but I look at symmetry structures and the symmetric pattern, chart patterns long-term patterns of, of the equity markets like the S&P, tell me we've started a long-term secular decline. And I think there is a reasonable argument that we had both um, technically and, and sadly, fundamentally, that we may actually be looking to revisit in the long run the 2008 lows. And the sadly is my timing on that, which is probably about a decade plus, actually correlates to the time when Social Security will run out of money. So there, there is a fundamental issue um, that is potentially quite dangerous for the, for the equity markets because not only is Social Security a problem, but that also will be along the time when, when, when there's a, a lot of, of outflows from the retirement funds of the... Of the, of the, oh. the oh, okay. All right. So I, before I let you go, any ideas on what you do? Well, trade from the short side, basically. Um, I use volatility as, as a friend. And, and so I think the first thing is you've got to be much more disciplined in how you look at things. I think being wedded to the long-term ideology that things only go one way, hopefully that's changed. That was never healthy, but we are going to be in a higher rate environment um, for a long, long time to come with upside risk. Potentially, it's downside as well. Don't get me wrong. Rates can can drop at times. So, for example, one of the things I had done, I bought a lot of, of, of treasuries between three months and two years, getting paid three and a half to four percent. Me too, by the way. <laughs> what, what's wrong with that? And by the way, the, the beauty of it is, by the way, what, what most people don't understand, I think they've seen this, 
Um, the long term, the ideology of the 60-40 bond uh, equity allocation or equity mm-hmm. bond allocation was was tied to investing in long-term bonds. Long-term bonds in a rising rate environment are very painful. As you yeah. can see, it, it's really been painful. But if you own short-term yeah. securities, you you will get your money back right. at worst case. And, and by the way- And then you can reinvest at the higher rate. Or you can reallocate or do other mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. And the costs and consequences of changing are very, very easy to do. So the backdrop, the dollar has been in one of the most amazing bull runs in a long time. So mm-hmm. if you've been, your money's been more U.S. centric, um, there may come a point, for example, when um, it becomes a good idea to, to, to add allocations to non-U.S. type markets based on how you like it, because right. the currency will be your friend. And most of those markets have underperformed the U.S. as well. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, I think you just have to be more, more attuned to your own needs and concerns sure. Worry about these sort of yep. grandiose yeah, predictions, no. but it, it is it is kind of a scary time. Anyway, Neil, I appreciate all your, your for giving us so much time here today. It's great to talk to you as always. At one of the smartest people, you can follow him on Twitter at Neolytics. At Neolytics, you can see some of his writing actually on my website trishintel.com. But very rare when you meet an investor who has a background as a physicist as a, a lawyer, as a mathematician, uh, really, truly just a, a gifted individual and a vineyard owner. So uh, thank you so much. Great to see you. Please say hi to your wife, Mindy, for me, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Thank thanks. you, everyone. Again, my thanks to Neil Grossman. Great to have him here. Always good to hear his insights. Really smart guy. We should see if he would join. We got to get him as part of the town hall as well, right? Again, the town hall happening live with me. Go to my Locals channel so you can get the invite. It's an exclusive event only for fans of this program, trishregan.locals.com. Again, live event. I want you to participate. I want you to ask questions. I want you to submit questions ahead of time so I can go through them and see what's on your mind. But we need to talk about the state of this economy right now and how we all manage and prepare for the future. Again, I'll see you Wednesday live at 2 p.m. October 12th. Make sure you sign up and I'll see you again here tomorrow.